Hi, I'm Sarah Jenner. And I'm Mary Ann Baton, and you're listening to Conversations with Impact. Every month, we chat with a new expert speaker about different workplace challenges and how to overcome them. The purpose of these conversations is to share insights and solutions to challenging topics. And have a positive impact on our guests who attend. We also highlight a charity that's doing incredible work. Thanks for being here, and let's get started. So today's event is how to profit from volunteering. And this month, the charity we're highlighting is Food Banks Canada. Food Banks Canada is a national charitable organization dedicated to helping Canadians living with food insecurity. They support a network of provincial associations, affiliate food banks, and food agencies that work at the community level to relieve hunger. If you're listening now and you haven't had a chance to donate what you can to Food Banks Canada yet, we really encourage you to do so after this um, after this session so that we can continue to support charities across Canada. So I'll just brag about Ryan before he enters the conversation today. So we're going to be joined by Ryan Adams. And Ryan recently joined Benevity Impact Labs as the Director of Impact Programs and Partnerships. For over a decade, he has been committed to the role that companies can play in making the world a better place. Ryan cares deeply about his community, country, and planet and sits on the Canadian boards of Lua Wildlife Conservancy. He lives in Upbridge with his wife, Michelle, daughter, McKenna, and dog, Tyson. He loves sports, long runs, and animals, and is one of those un unapologetically uh, passionate vegan. So we're looking forward to having Ryan join us in just a moment. So I guess, what is your experience with corporate social responsibility? That it it's so part of the system of psychological health and safety, mm -hmm. which for some people that sounds really strange. But if we feel that our organization cares about the community, about people in general, then we have more pride, more mm -hmm. commitment to the organization. And I think for any person who is simply existing for mercenary or material purposes, there's, there's a gap mm -hmm. that um, often manifests itself in uh, negative emotion. Yeah. And so from a mental health perspective, whether it's the organization or it's the employees in the organization having this responsibility to something bigger than yourself mm -hmm. is good for our well-being. Yeah, I find it very interesting in that I think for some employees who are struggling to find the value in their like maybe specific role or specific work, if your organization, like you said, is tied to a greater good of some kind, that I think that can sometimes step in and make way for that value, that added value that comes yeah. from it as well. And, you know, it's the same thing about food banks. I know there's some people who will say, well, the government should provide and nobody should need a food bank. Um, but I did uh, driving people to a food bank for a while. Mm -hmm. And it's people like us that something went wrong mm -hmm. that they hadn't expected. Maybe it was a health issue. Um, for some people, it was something that happened with their child that made them not able to work. Mm -hmm. And they don't know how to make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And it's not like your 
landlord or your mortgage will say, you know, take this month off. It doesn't happen like that. But to be able to go and get it, it was heartbreaking for them. But it's a way to help people through that rough path. To relieve some of that stress. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Hi, how's it going? Good, good. We're so excited to have you join us today. So we've already bragged about you to all of the participants. So they know who you are. (laughs) Um, But I guess my first question that I have for you is, can you tell us a little bit about um, the organization you work with, Benevity, and how they support corporate social responsibility? So what's the role they play? Yeah, of course. And, and thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Benevity, Canadian founded company based in Calgary. We've got offices in Toronto and in Victoria and, and now internationally as well, which is which is really exciting. Um, we act as a catalyst really to infuse a culture of goodness in the world. And I know that sounds a little bit hokey, but we we really mean it. We uh, We want to infuse that culture of goodness into the world. And so what that means in, in practice or in a nutshell is that we work, we're a software company that works with just over 800 iconic brands. So the Apples, the Microsofts, the Googles, the Amazons of the world to help them help their people find the thing that they care about and take meaningful action in their community on environmental and social issues. Mm, I love that, the helping them help their people find something impactful. Because before you started, we were saying how we think corporate social responsibility really does support psychological health and safety within an organization overall and how some employees who may not find um, who may not find value in their particular job role or tasks that they do may find value in yes I'm doing this yes I might not be in the place that I love or the position that I love but I am somehow impacting a greater cause or something that's bigger than I am. Yeah, and, and I know this topic has been done to death already, but when you think of the, the great resignation or the great reconnection or, or great reshuffle or whatever the latest buzzword is, I think it is largely that disconnect for everyone. We're sitting at home, most of us, um, we're, we're staring into the screen all day and you, you want to feel that purpose into what you do. And so the work that we do at Benevity and um, helping companies help their people go out and volunteer, give back, um, participate in those acts of goodness or acts of kindness, I think help bridge the gap for, for that purpose conversation. So people see the value of what they're doing and uh, when they're logging online every day. Mm-hmm. Can you share, Ryan, some of the more effective strategies that you've helped organizations run? Yeah, I, that's that's a, that's a big question. I think what, one of the interesting things is to think really about the, the evolution uh, of the space. So to take a step back and and to think, Okay, so it's corporate social responsibility now, or, or what we like to call corporate purpose, but where did that start? And I think if you don't have to go back too far to see that evolution from that, that traditional philanthropy, um, that high net worth philanthropy, so like the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and the Westons of the world, to corporate philanthropy, shipping it into the workforce. And so that's where you see like the CEO writing the big check and shaking hands and having their photo taken. Um, that made its way into engaging your employees or starting to engage your employees about workplace giving. So we're like United Way did such an in- incredible job. Um, that then shifted into cause marketing. So the, the pink ribbon on, on everything and uh, consumers being faced with that, that choice at checkout. And now we're in this, this phase now, which 
is a little bit of a, a mix of empowerment from my perspective and then also movement driven. Um, and I think the last two years have been a testament to that. And it's really been that shift of corporate social responsibility into companies becoming socially responsible. So it's, it's a little bit of that flip for me. And so to answer your questions, your question, the where we try to advise and partner and, and work with our clients and our, our companies is for them to really embed that notion of being socially responsible or, or living with purpose into every part of their business. I, I, it sounds so cliche, but from our perspective and from my perspective, Corporate purpose is a team sport. It, it, it's not just on the desks of the CSR team, um, which is maybe in HR or maybe in legal or, or maybe in marketing, depending on the organization. It's it's top down. The CEO is living and breathing that purpose. Every single part of the business is thinking about their purpose every single day. Um, and every employee is an opportunity to contribute that. And so I think that's really the shift and so all of those strategies are focused on that democratization, inviting every stakeholder and every shareholder into the conversation of, of making the world a better place. I love that, like being able to come together to share that. But I'm also thinking about like that there must be issues that come up sometimes where there are conflicting ideas of like what our purpose should be, what we should be giving to, what we should be supporting. How would you advise um, maybe like small businesses or organizations getting started where maybe their employees have very conflicting ideas of what they want the organization to support? How would they best navigate that conversation? Yeah, I think what's so interesting to me is where a lot of small businesses are may not have the the maturation of a like a sophisticated CSR program. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and, and you both know this, small businesses are probably the most connected to their communities, mm -hmm. right? Like they're the ones that know their communities the best, that know their customers the best, that know their suppliers and their stakeholders the best because they, they have to. It's these really big, massive organizations that sometimes lose sight of that. Um, but for small businesses, they're, they're living and breathing in their community every day. So it, I think first acknowledging that you have that such a strong baseline there as a small business is, is a really important thing. Um, the, the next thing, and, and I know this sounds so obvious, is really just like figuring out what you want to be in CSR. Like what's that compelling mission that is simple, that is tangible, that connects with your business. And I think that connection to your business is so important. If you are, um, in the restaurant space or, or you're at a grocery store, your CSR or your mission or your purpose probably should have something to do with food. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be exactly food insecurity and it doesn't have to be as simple as that, but it should be connected because then your employees can understand the difference they're making every single day when they go to work. Their customers can understand the opportunity they have to make a difference every time they shop with you and they're at checkout. Um, your suppliers are part of it. Your, your ownership group and your investors are part of it. it it's just connected. Um, so I think that's really the best place to start is figure out what that compelling mission is um, and connect it to your business. Mm, that's interesting. So um, my thought is, or sorry, did you have a question? No, go ahead. I was just going to say, what is like kind of your um, response or thought towards, you know, typically if you go into the LCBO for years, they're running some kind of campaign where you can donate like $20 at checkout to support something. Um, but I think some individuals have taken a very, not like pessimistic 
viewpoint of it, but thinking I'm giving my money to an organization and then they're just doing this in order to get a tax break. What, how does Benevity kind of help respond or what would, or sorry, I don't want to ask you to respond on behalf of your organization. <laughs> Um, but what are some ways that an organization could respond to a customer who may be feeling that way? Like, what are some ways you could invite them in to the conversation rather than to say, like, you know, you're wrong that we're doing this for a greater purpose? It, no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question. It, it's so funny. My wife and I have this conversation every single time we're at checkout at whether we're grocery shopping or we're buying a bottle of wine is I'm always like, yes, $2, yes, $5. Yeah. And my wife is a little bit more like, let's think about this. And, and so, no, it's, it's a great question. I think for, from my perspective, and then also from the perspective of, of Benevity is um, choice and democratization are incredibly powerful tools. And so what we're advising and supporting our clients and, and our partners on is on that notion of choice. So moving away from top-down commitments of the CEO saying, we care about this or we stand for this, to instead inviting all of your stakeholders. Um, we focus a lot on, on employees, um, but also your customers as well and your suppliers and, and so on and so forth, but bring them into the, the conversation. And there's been a big movement there. I, I won't go too far down this path because it's like a little bit nerdy, but there's just been this really great movement towards trust-based philanthropy mm. and breaking down some of those traditional barriers um, and, and things that that meant the capital flew in certain directions. And so it's really putting these decisions in the hands of the individuals who are part of the business every single day. And so I think that's going to be some of the shifts that we're going to see, whether that be on a consumer perspective and um, when you're at checkout or when in dealing with your employees is bringing them into the process. And so an example of that is we work with a number of clients and we leverage our, our tech and, and not to make this like this is how Benevity does it, but we leverage our technology and our APIs so that if a customer is at checkout and they bought a pair of jeans and they're, off, they're asked if they want to make a donation, they actually get to decide who they're donating that $2 to. Oh. So we use our APIs and all of our, our, our tech behind the scenes. Um, the consumer can choose the organization that they want to donate to. And then the company where they just bought their pair of jeans from could match that donation. And so I think that's the movement is, is democratizing that, providing choice to consumers and, and individuals and employees and then supporting and empowering them, empowering them. And I think that's, that's going to be a really important role for business to play. You know, one of uh, my fondest memories is we bought um, gift cards for the children at Christmas, and they were able to look through a catalog of charitable donations. So did you want to buy a goat or a chicken or education or healthcare? And, you know, some of them were quite young, but they really got into a big discussion about is education more important than food and should we give uh, little girls a hand up because the boys get this and it was uh, democratization uh, giving them choice but also educating mm -hmm. you know about the way of the world so yeah yeah and, and and I don't know like the the Edelman's latest uh, trust barometer just came out a, a couple of weeks ago I guess it was and um 
and if you're familiar with their their trust barometer, they they measure um, like the trust in in business, in government, in media, and in nonprofits. And um, we're now seeing a pattern here is where trust in business and in companies continues to be on the rise or, or staying level, whereas trust in other institutions is falling. Um, a nice little caveat there is actually nonprofit trust went up last year, which is which is from my perspective a really good thing, but it had been on the decline. Media is vastly on the decline. Government's on the decline. And so the role of business um, in ensuring that trustful relationship and being that trusted source of information is only going to continue to rise, we think, and, and I think. And so um, democratizing it, providing that like source of truth for information, I think is going to be really, really important because it, it is so complicated and, and personal. Like, where do you give your dollars? How do you give your time? Um, and so making sure that information is available and, and trusted and verified information is available is going to be super important. Mm. Um, so earlier you had talked a little bit about corporate purpose. So I'm wondering what's the difference between, would you say, corporate social responsibility and corporate purpose? Yeah, so I think corporate social responsibility for so long has been within one part of the business. Um, and so it has been like a department within or a team within marketing that had a, a philanthropy budget and they would give out money to different organizations every year. Um, they would provide some volunteer opportunities to their employees. Um, that 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 sort of thing, and where where the shift is happening is is into corporate purpose is that it is not run within one team within one department within one part of the business. It is embedded into the entire organization, and everyone feels that agency and urgency um, to addressing that. And so I think that's that's the big shift, um, and we're seeing that right whether whether you're the the, the Nikes and Apples or the banks in Canada, um, when they, they're out in the public space, they're, they're talking about their purpose. Um, and I think that's a, that's a big shift there because then when you think about your purpose, how each business unit brings that to life is different. And so it ends up being far more holistic um, to drive forward real meaningful change. And I think the last couple of years have only emphasized the role of, of, of purpose, right? On, on one hand, like, We've had crisis after crisis over the last couple of years, right? Like the pandemic, the systemic racism and the shooting of George Floyd, and the residential schools and everything that's happening with Indigenous people and communities in Canada, the, the wildfires and environmental damage. That's, that's raised so many opportunities for discussion and the need to do better and to do more. Um, and at the same time, so many of us are stuck at home and feeling disconnected from their their job and from their their team members and from their families and that isolation. I think those two things have almost been a pressure cooker for companies to really revisit and rethink um, what what is their purpose? How are they adding value to the lives of their communities, to their shareholders, to their employees, to their customers, um, and thinking a little bit bigger about it. And, and we're starting to see how that's coming together. And, it, and it's it's exciting, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's so interesting to go with what you said that um, this corporate purpose, I think, can give employees that sense of control again. Like I know for me over the last two years, seeing each of these events happen has definitely led to moments of like feeling such a lack of control, knowing that something needs to be done, not knowing like, what can I as one person do? How can I make an impact? 
And so for organizations to really bring people in to have these conversations about, we want to support you to make an impact. And we as an organization want to make an impact. And I think that it can really help us it can help reduce that sense of like, I am but one person and I don't have the power to do anything here into like, we are a community, like you said, and we can make an impact together so that you as one employee are not alone in this, in this um, glass case of emotions. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, um, we spend a lot of time talking about this notion of, um, and the number is obviously growing every single day, but like that 7.9 billion armies of one, right? Mm -hmm. So every single person in the world has the thing that they care about, the thing that they're passionate about, um, that desire to do good in some way, shape or form. And so how can you activate and support and empower um, and celebrate those 7.9 billion people to be those armies of one to do goodness? And, and if you can do that, um, the ripple effects are, are just incredible. Um, and so even if you break that down to an individual company's perspective is whether you have five employees or 50,000, um, supporting each one of those employees to find the thing that they care about, provide them opportunities to get involved and to take action, and then to reward and celebrate them for the good work that they're doing. That's, that's awesome. Um, I think that's really going to make a difference. And, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that. How, what would you recommend for like maybe a small business or an organization who's just getting started who is trying to find what their corporate purpose is and then take action in some way, um, what are some steps that they should initially take in this journey? Yeah, I think that the, the first thing is, um, be, and beyond some of the stuff we talked around about like figuring out what your mission is and, and, and the connection to your business is like find the people within your, your company who care, who, who are already involved in their community that are always the ones who put up their hands. Find those people because they're going to be your biggest champions and supporters mm -hmm. through all of this. And so whatever the end product is of, of your, your CSR or purpose efforts, find those people who are your champions and, and start there. Um, the second thing I would say is start small and then build. Like don't, don't try to boil the ocean right off the, the bat. And like be really focused um, and then build on that and, and learn and engage your people and then, and then build from there. Um, and then the next thing I would say is like, celebrate the hell out of it, like shout it from the rooftop, the good work that you're doing, um, because that in and of itself is, is a little bit self-fulfilling. It, 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 it builds buzz, it builds momentum, it makes people feel inspired and, and proud of the work they're doing. So I think find the people you care about, start really small and build, and then celebrate it. I think if you do those three things, um, you're, you're off to a really great start. I know in small business, um, you often will do things like sponsor little league teams or sponsor minor hockey. And when you let your employees know, you know, this is how much we would sponsor. These are the things we ask. Every person that's here can bring forward a team and we will for sure sponsor one team that you bring forward. And all of a sudden now it's theirs, not just yours. You're going to do it anyways, because that's, you know, the amount of your budget that you put. But because you give it to your employees to choose, uh, they become really invested in it. Mm -hmm. Totally, yeah. And that that buy-in. I, I sorry to cut you off. Sorry. That that buy-in is just so so huge, right? I I think that it, it, these things sound so so obvious or intuitive, but um, 
it's the simple things that make all the difference, right? And get it, getting that buy-in, like you, you're, you're halfway there. So you gave one great example of like sponsoring a, a team, which I hadn't even considered that. But then I thought like to all the teams I've been part of growing <laughs> up, they all had sponsored. But what are some other like small ways that organizations could t- start um, taking steps? So, I mean, often we think of the typical like donate so much money at checkout, but are there other unique ways they could get started? We want all your ideas for yeah. free, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, of course, I'm, I'm happy to. No, and, and that's what I meant about like small businesses are so embedded into their communities, right? Because it, it is that. It's like the sponsorship on the back of their jersey. Like I still remember playing hockey growing up in the in the, the local businesses that sponsored my, my jersey every year, right? Like those things stick with you because they're so ingrained into the community. And so they're already doing such great work. So, um, but that outside, outside of sponsorship and outside of those like traditional fundraising or, or giving opportunities. Um, there, there's a, there's a ton of things. Like I think that there's nothing more impactful than getting people to participate in something mm-hmm. because participation then moves the needle on everything else. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you can get people engaged in doing something, what comes next becomes a lot easier. And so I think it's finding the things that are inherently participatory and then making them really fun. Um, again, it sounds so obvious, but like it is a very stressful time right now. Like with everything that is going on in the world, the commitments that we all have with family at home, at work, um, the expectation to do more and better constantly. So if someone's going to take time out of their very busy day where they could be working or they could be with their family or they could just be like watching Netflix, um, it's it's got to be fun, right? And so I think finding those things that are the mix of doing a little bit of good and, and being part of the community and then having fun with it are um, the things that work really well. So to give a, a tangible example, we're by no means a, a very small business, but we're like still still a tech startup. Um, we're we're not a we're not a thousand person person business. Um, and so one of the things that we did uh, in the fall is we had an employee who was incredibly passionate about a specific nonprofit in his local community. Um, just just he started volunteering, he had gotten involved, and he just was like so enthusiastic about it, and it was contagious. So he started talking about it in our company Slack and presenting volunteer opportunities. And and it was just fully organic. Um, He started a giving opportunity so that folks could donate in the the business um, and leverage our our instance of of Benefity, our our product. Um, But then what he did is he just put a challenge out to our executives saying that, hey, if our people hit this fundraising goal, will you guys do a silly TikTok dance video? And it worked, right? Like, and it was just like, it was so, it was fun. It was organic. It wasn't taken too serious. We all knew that this, this employee was so passionate about this and, and um, he was sort of walking the walk on it. So people were, were going to engage with it regardless, but the fact that we made it fun and we were able to like poke a bit of fun at our executives and they were good sports and did it, like it just brought this to life. So it, it built culture. It raised a ton of money for a really worthwhile cause and it brought our team together in a really organic way. And so I think those, those, that sweet spot of finding things that are like fun and participatory 
those are those are the things that are going to work. And, and you have to stay true to your your own business's culture, right? If you're if you're goofy and your executives are open to doing a TikTok video, lean into that. But like, if that's not what your culture is, then don't don't force it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the beauty behind that too is that like, not only were you able to raise the funds, get the commitment from the executives. But now this TikTok video is out there and anyone can view it across the world. And it's promoting both the charity that your uh, colleague was trying to represent and Benevity at the same time. Like it's finding those unique um, moments to also promote is it's just it's so creative to me. I feel like to think of doing a TikTok, I would never have considered that, but it's such a great idea. Good, we'll challenge yeah. you. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the pandemic, sorry, in the pandemic is, I think, forced people to be so creative, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, these things that probably wouldn't have happened in the past, whether that's like uh, delivering groceries to your neighbor, like those things that we all saw in the news. And um, I think those have actually been sticky and they're going to stay with us moving forward. It wasn't just like a one-time moment at the start of this. I think those types of activities and realizing that you going and get groceries or dropping them off for your neighbor is as valuable as a traditional volunteer hour and means as much to your community and your neighbor as a traditional volunteer hour or a traditional donation. Like, I think there's a culture shift moment there. Um, and I think that those things are only going to continue moving forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the silver linings out of totally yep. is, yeah, caring about our neighbors again. We were too busy before to even know who they were. And now suddenly our eyes are opened again. There's real human beings who might need a hand. Mm -hmm. um, Brian, both Sarah and I, our corporate purpose would be related to mental health and well-being. And uh, just curious about some of the suggestions you'd have to pursue that area. Yeah. Um... Can I go a little bit deeper? Like, what, what do you mean in terms of the suggestions to, to go a little bit deeper on mental health? Do you mean specific causes and organizations or, or what, what do you? Yeah, the way that you would involve employees in particular, because, you know, of course, there's always the throwing money at something, but to engage people um, in the mental health and well-being, there's walkathons and bikeathons. but I'm just wondering if you've got more creative ideas. I think... Um, what, what, I don't think I have a perfect answer to, to this question, just to, to be transparent. Not that I had perfect answers to the previous questions, but I, I don't know if I have a perfect answer to this one. But what I, what I will say is what we've learned over the last 14 years at Benevity, we just celebrated our birthday over the weekend, which is really exciting. Uh, so what we've learned over the last 14 years is that the work that we do in terms of helping our companies help their people um, get involved in, in community and in all these different ways, shapes, and forms um, does have an impact on the employee's um, mental health and well-being. Mm -hmm. um, we see that correlation and that causation between the employee who goes out and volunteers or the employee who uh, participates in a friend raiser with their their peers at work and their um, connection to that company, their happiness at work, they're likely to stay and 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 want to grow within that company. We see that correlation and causation. And so 
the simplest answer for me and, and or broadest answer, I guess, is that, um, and I think this is probably a little bit intuitive, is that the more like in service of others you are, what we see is that that you feel more fulfilled and you're happier and you're more likely to be filled with purpose at at your job. And so I think um, that's not a that's not a catch all be all solve for mental health and wellness by any means. And it's such a complicated um, and profound topic. But what I can say is that um, encouraging your people to find the thing that they care about, taking action on it, and then talking about it and sharing it um, in whatever way they feel comfortable that will have downstream impact for, for their, their health, their wellness, their happiness. Mm -hmm. That's really um, what Ryan just said really aligns with, I mean, for so many years you've talked about, um, especially with depression, how individuals being able to look outside of themselves and support an organization or cause or some other individual in some way can be really impactful to their Mm. overall well-being. folks who have experienced trauma as well, Mm -hmm. right? Is when they can turn that terrible experience into something where they're helping others, it's healing for them in many cases. And you think what some people go through and how they can turn their lives around to serve others, uh, either going through the same thing or trying to prevent it. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian, we also have um, clients who are retail. So they have hourly employees, they can't give them time off. How do you engage that population in? uh, And I think what I've heard from you that I really feel is to the extent that you can encourage your employees to come forward with the cause that matters to them and show them how they can contribute to that. That in and of itself is a great idea. But anything else for retail or hospitality where time off is just not going to be possible? Yeah, I think that's where there's the opportunity to connect with the, the the customer, the consumer, right? And so that moment at checkout is like the the most obvious piece there. But if um, if the time off isn't necessarily available to go do like a team volunteer event and 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 all the wonderful things that come with it, um, there is inevitably still some time in some way, shape or form leveraging all of the communication and channels that are available to start to have a conversation with your people about community in general and what that business believes in when it comes to community and, and solicit feedback and ideas and insights um, would be step one. And then the step two is the thing that me seems to make the most sense to me is connecting directly with your consumer. So whether that's like a conversation at checkout, whether it's asking them um, how they think we should, the business should get involved in community, whether it be embedding a little bit more social responsibility into their business. So not just a donation and checkout, but are they practicing good environmental and sustainability stewardship practices, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, I, I think there's a ton of different ways to get folks involved and then have them feel the the impact of, of that work. Um, and I think, again, like thinking bigger than just giving and volunteering, your, your, your sponsorship example is such a perfect one. And so if you're that wonderful small business that has sponsored that hockey team year over year over year, how do you bring those hockey players into your store so that your employees can see the impact of it, right? Like there, there are little things that you can do there where that connection can be made. And I think if you make that connection and you do that connection consistently, not just as a one-off, that's where like the magic starts starts to happen. 
It makes me think of um, growing up, our hockey team was sponsored by, um, is Krabby Joe's a chain? Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't sure. But um, by Krabby Joe's, and what they would do is they would sponsor our sweaters, but then every fall and winter, they'd hold like a spaghetti dinner where they would cook the dinner and we would sell the tickets to people. So it was bringing people into the restaurant but also that like it was a way for us to continue to raise funds for like tournaments or whatever else we needed. But it, it really, like Ryan had said, it kept that connection going where then we were in there with the employees. I don't know if the employees loved it so much because they had to deal with a lot of like, (laughs) Um, but that it was a chance for them to really see what was happening. Um, Another question I had for you, Ryan, is as someone is going through this process, what are some typical challenges they might expect to come up against and how could they overcome those challenges? Yeah, no, for sure. Just one more uh, and one more point to your previous question, if, if that's okay, is um, we're, we love we love data at, at Benevity. And so we're, we're always looking and, and participating and contributing to like the latest trends and the latest studies that are coming out around some of these topics. And I think... Um, without being too bullish on this, it's companies need to be doing this work. Mm-hmm. And I think all of the data is saying that and then pointing that direction. Um, the companies who have a strong corporate purpose and a strong CSR program are like indexing higher on revenue. Their valuations are higher. Their turnover is down. Consumers are more likely to buy their products. Like Companies are going to have to do this. Um, it is going to become a core part of their business. And so the question then becomes, how do you implement it as effectively as possibly as possible? Um, not do you do it or do you not do it? You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sorry, to answer your second question is, I think the biggest challenge from my perspective is, is around, um, it's such a, it's a, such a buzzword, but around authenticity, um, this, this has to be authentic, right? And we, we saw so much of that with the cause marketing push over the last 10, 15 years that if you're, um, if you're just putting like a pink ribbon on, on everything or, or uh, a mustache on everything and it's not authentic and it isn't connected to your business and your business practices aren't actually practicing what you're talking about and you're going to be held to account not only by your employees but by your your customers by your suppliers by your shareholders and you're going to be held accountable and so it has to be it has to be legitimate and authentic Mm -hmm. no that's such a great point um Oh, I had a question. It's just gone. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about what you're saying, Ryan. It, it, we call it the tall poppy syndrome, that mm. if you stand up and say, we care about this, we do this, there's always someone who wants to chop you down at the knees to say, well, you don't do it perfectly and you don't um, always follow this. And in the mental health field, um, that's especially difficult because we've got uh, CEOs of organizations who do care, who want to step up, but there's always going to be somebody, especially if they're a large organization, who says, well, I have a mental health issue and you weren't supportive of me. And I try to tell people that's not a reason not to do what's right. It is it is a reality that there's always going to be some criticism, some judgment, but um, it's not a reason not to go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I do think that that 
concept of like walking the walk is is really and 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 we we spend a lot of time thinking about that internally at at benevity for our our i think 850 or 900 beneviites like if we are going to be working with some of these big amazing organizations to help them and their people find their purpose like we need to be doing a really good job around it internally Um, and that goes back to that authenticity like if this is going to be our business then like we have to be best at class at it. And so we're spending a lot of time on this journey. Um, and it definitely is a journey around like DEI and B around our own practices and our culture and um, flexibility and all of those things to make sure that we are being our best version of ourselves so that, that we can support our clients and, and our companies and their people to be the best versions of their, their selves. So again, like it's it's just got to be authentic. It doesn't have to be perfect. It never will be perfect, I don't think, but it's it's got to be authentic. And I think it adds so much to a company who's coming to you looking for that support, that help on their journey, for them to be able, while they're going through their challenges, to turn to you and for Benevity to be able to say, yeah, we've gone through it. We've been there. We've walked where you've walked. And this is how we handled it. Let's help us help you. Like, I think it... I think it brings a more um, human aspect to it of like, no one's perfect and there's going to be challenges. You're going to make mistakes, but you know, we have a community and we're going to move through it together. From a, from a very practical uh, approach, Ryan, because you've told us, you've given us lots of great free <laughs> ideas for people to start to take action now, but if they were to leverage um, Benevity, what practical deliverables do you provide that organizations would otherwise have to do for themselves? Yeah, so um, I'm in a really interesting position here is because previous to joining Benefity, I was actually a client of Benefity. So mm-hmm. I, I had the, the privilege of working for, for RBC um, and I ran all of our citizenship engagement programming. So for our 86,000 employees globally, all of our employee giving and volunteering and all of that employee engagement, I, I ran that for, for RBC. Um, and so I got to see firsthand um, the, the power of Benefity and and its ability to innovate and scale to deliver offerings for our people. And so when I think of um, some of the superpowers of Benevity, and I'm definitely not doing this justice, and I think some of our our sales folks would be like, Ryan, you're missing this. But um, I, I think what is so powerful about what we do is that we've taken an ecosystem approach. And so what I mean by that is, um, we think of our clients or our companies and their employees and our causes are the nonprofits or the global nonprofits that we engage with, which are over around 2 million of them. And we think of those as, as an entire ecosystem. And those are all equal stakeholders for us to be able to deliver something meaningful in our platform. And so whenever we're building something, whenever our product team is innovating and thinking through our product, and whether it be giving opportunities or volunteer opportunities or reporting to our clients on the impact and outcomes of their employees, it's all with that ecosystem view. And I think that's what makes this sustainable and and truly impactful because we're just as concerned and care and prioritize the social benefit to the nonprofits that we have the privilege of working with, as we do with the amazing brands like Apple and Microsoft that we have the privilege to work with. And so I think it's that balance between those those important stakeholders for us that is really 
our, our, our superpower, really. Mm-hmm. So do you go in and survey the employees to find out what causes matter to them? Do you help them decide what they're going to do and then help them execute? So, um, so we're, we're a SaaS solution. And so our, our platform um, has over, over 2 million fully vetted and qualified non global nonprofits on it. So it's everyone from like your local women's shelter in Toronto to the um, clean water organization in India to like the Gates Foundation and, and everything everything in between. Um, but we do with some of our partners and um, all of that vetting so that our clients know and their and the employees or end users know that every organization there is like fully vetted, is not on any hate list, is um, an ethical ethical and, and highly um, efficient organization. And so we, we, we provide that level of trust and accountability there um, so that then our, our end users, so those employees at company X can go on and, and search for animal welfare and they can find the five animal shelters in their small town um, that they can then find a volunteer opportunity for, they can find a giving opportunity for, they can sign a petition for maybe, they can learn more about the issue. Um, and then behind the scenes, we're providing all that reporting and metrics to, to our clients. Oh, I love that. It almost reminds me of like um, an EAP kind of, where like the organization has a role, but then every employee also has access to it, that every employee within an organization can go in and as an individual make a difference and not just count on the organization as a whole making like one decision. Yeah, exactly. And then a lot of our clients um, are are so creative in, in how they reward and celebrate and engage their employees. So a lot of them do matching programs um, so that if if Ryan donates $25 to the local animal shelter, Company X will then match him for, for $25. So you start to see how your impact can be doubled or, or tripled. Um, and then they run all these wonderful campaigns throughout the year, whether it be around Black History Month or Earth Day coming up or Giving Tuesday in, in uh, end of November, December. So all different sorts of things, all in the spirit of like engaging people to, to uh, take action and get involved. That's awesome. Okay, I just have two final questions for you. Um, the first actually came from a comment on LinkedIn where they said we should ask you what you're reading because you're always reading something interesting. <laughs> um, I do love to read. I'm an I'm an English lit major, so I didn't know what I wanted to be when I uh, grew up. So in undergrad, uh, I read a bunch of books. Um, and so, what am I reading right now? Oh, I am reading uh, Planet Canada by John Stackhouse. Uh, he's the former managing editor of the Global Mail, and he he wrote a really cool book about the Canadian diaspora and, and, and its impact in innovation and driving change at scale all over the world. And and like talks a little bit about Canada getting its swagger back, which is kind of uh, interesting. So um, I'm about halfway through it, but highly recommend. Okay, Planet Canada. And then um, the final question we have for you is if people are interested in speaking to you or learning more about Benevity, how should they get in touch with you? Yeah, no, I am uh, fairly accessible on LinkedIn. I'm a little bit bad sometimes at checking my messages, but um, I'm, I'm fairly accessible on LinkedIn. Um, but I do have a very common name. And so you can also just send me an, an email. I'm ryan.adams at benevity.com. And I would be more than happy to chat with anyone. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today, Ryan, and to share all your experience and wisdom. I think what I walked away with most is um, if you're starting this journey, give your employees a chance to just like blue sky what they want to do and to really not be afraid of the creativity that can come from it. And to celebrate it, because I think sometimes we do these things and we don't take the time to celebrate. We go, well, that was good. Now let's get back to work, right? Yeah. Let's do, instead of saying, you know, what impact did we have? Yeah, yeah. No, th this was great. It was such a pleasure chatting with you both. Awesome. Well, have a great day, Ryan. And thank you everyone for joining us today. Again, if you haven't had a chance to donate to Food Banks Canada, please take a moment and donate what you can. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan.